Since you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, have you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, why did this happen to me? Well, you're not alone. I did too. But this is a time when you're given two choices. One, you let those four nasty words that you've been told, you have breast cancer, stop us from living. Or two, we can take what we've been given to us and use it as fuel on our path to healing, growth, self-discovery, and to bring out the best of us and become the hero of our journey while we get to inspire others to do the same. Join my inspiring guests and me on our mission to help women just like you with what we discovered on our hero's journey through breast cancer. This is a place where we share all the tools and knowledge we've learned to develop the courage, resilience, mindset and self-love needed to start living your full life like you might never have done before. I am Grace DeAngeli and I welcome you to Breast Cancer Hero's Journey Podcast. Welcome home. Welcome everyone. Welcome to today's podcast, The Breast Cancer Hero's Journey. Now, my guest today is Heather Burkhart. Now, Heather is a founder of her well-being uh, Ayurveda and Yoga, which I can't wait to talk about the Ayurveda. She's a certified Ayurvedic practitioner and a professional member of the National Ayurvedic Medical Association. Now, her mission is to share Ayurvedic traditions that empower and nourish women, body, mind, and spirit. Having said that, welcome, Heather. Thank you so much, Grace. That's wonderful being here with you. Oh, I just, as I said, this is uh, close to my heart. Anyone who uh, has followed my journey knows that one of the things that I talk about is my journey with Ayurveda. So, um, and what I'll do is I'll just touch a bit about that and then we'll go into more of it because I'm going to talk to you about a patient's point of view. <laughs> so any other side is definitely your cup of tea because I don't ask me the technology of the terminology because I'll probably go, I have no idea. Um, but what happened was uh, back in 2018 when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, one of my good friends and part of my dream team actually said, Grace, I think it's best if you do Ayurveda. Now, at the time I did Ayurveda in Ubud in, in Bali and it was definitely an Indian Ayurvedic centre, but of course the people working there were Balinese but the doctors himself were from India. So going in there, I had no idea what to expect. You know, I'm thinking, what is this, a relaxation meditation centre? What is it? What do I do? And it just, um, it when I, I was there for, I think I did the 12-day program, 10-day uh, or 12-day program. And when I say to people I purged, I didn't just purge the body. I purged the mind and I purged the soul. And that really helped me um, with my journey to the point 12 days later, um, the doctor at the time said to me, either your cancer's gone or it shrunk. And in actual fact, when I got operated, um, when did I go to him? I think I got operated four weeks later. We decided to get the operation. Um, they couldn't find the cancer. So having said all of this, that's my side of the story, as I said, from a 
patient's point of view. But Heather, I want you to explain to our listeners and our viewers what is Ayurveda? Because a lot of people hear it and the yoga, but they don't fully understand it. Right. Yes. And I love teaching about this. Um, in general, Ayurveda is this timeless wisdom, um, a tradition, really, that has been passed down through the generations for thousands of years. And this, this is a Vedic science, meaning that it was born in India. And um, for me, so it's, it's, a, it's really a um, huge resource of, of deep teachings. And for me, I think the most valuable teaching in my path um, is learning how to honor um, my own personal truth. Um, first, learning what that is is a great part is it is like the first part of the journey if you will and then learning um how to honor that every day mm. in every way and really it's a lifelong practice so it's like it's we're never done mm. we're never done so it's really this wonderful um source of teachings that keep giving that help us to maintain our own health and well-being. So it's a very empowering um, wisdom tradition. Okay. And like I said, it's it, like you said, it started from India. So why is it that the, uh, you know, what, what made the Indians thousands of years ago start with this? Because explain to our, our listeners and our viewers, because Ayurveda goes to the point where there's three types of, um, Oh, I've forgotten what they're called, and you'll probably remember them. Mm -hmm. and, body types. You know, correct, the body types. And obviously, probably you seeing me, you know exactly which one I am. <laughs> so um, so that's where it is. So why did they start this thousands of years ago? That is a wonderful question. And I can't say that I am an expert in Ayurveda history. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what I what my teachers have taught me um, was that, um, you know, it is a natural um, phenomenon that came forth and um, and this and it's very much um, in tune with nature. Right. And so I think the original Ayurvedic teachers and seers who we know as rishis were trying to understand this relationship of themselves and with nature. And they learned how to learn from nature, Yeah, right? They, they observed nature and they understood that we are part of nature. Yeah, yeah. We are not separate. We are mm. part of nature. And they, over so many, you know, hundreds of years, thousands of years, they learned, you know, because it's an evolving, it's a living science. Mm. Um, they learned really like, what are the secrets of staying in harmony with nature? And when we do that, we learn how to harmonize with ourselves mm. as well. And so, you know, for me, it, it seems like a culmination of just this learning process and and wanting to connect through nature and wanting to connect with our own nature 
Does that mm-hmm. make sense? That's, yeah, it does. That's my, yeah. My mm-hmm. general mm-hmm. outlook, I think. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree because the thing is, it's not, it's, it's pretty much, it's, it's not just us and nature being two separate entities. It's working together. It's harmonious. Um, and I felt that a lot. I felt that in the practice. I felt that when I was in the center, that it was mer- very much a mirror image of, well, you've got to respect life, earth, but you got to respect yourself the same way. So you got to have a lot of respect. Uh, and and the thing is, that's why I was saying when before, when I said, you know, I purged a lot, I purged a lot of that misunderstanding, not just of myself, but of everything, my environment, you know, of my, of mother earth, of nature in general, you know, I didn't grasp that until I went to the center and it was beautiful to see it combined in both the practice, the yoga, the foods, even even to the the little last, uh, you know, detail of food. It was there was a blessing in it. There was some sacredness to it. It wasn't just here's your lunch or here's your dinner. Go and eat it. There was a a sacredness. Yeah, you know. So and I really like that. So when you yeah. say that, yeah, go on. Go on. I was just going to say, you absolutely, you've um, made a good point there. It's very, um, you know, deliberate. Everything that is chosen for you from your treatments to your diet, to the mm-hmm. herbs that you might take, these are highly personalized. That's why when you go into a Panchakarma clinic, mm-hmm. um, Panchakarma is the, the detoxification mm-hmm. ritual that's usually done Um you know, at least um, once or twice a year for for some of us, if we're lucky. Um, yeah. It's a very personal approach, and that's why you're usually working with someone who, you know, a doctor there who is um, setting up all of your treatments, your food and everything. So everything is in harmony and working mm. towards the same goal of supporting whatever, you know, whatever energies or doshas that need to be supported the most for you because yeah. everyone is different mm-hmm. i'm so Absolutely. it's wonderful that you picked up on that because that's very deliberate yeah and that's what i'm saying because you know when i when i talk about with people that i've done um ancient medicine work with shamans in peru they don't realize that you know people think you just drink you purge whatever you put in your mouth you just purge out it's not a matter of purging out the medicine. It wasn't a matter of me eating. It wasn't just me detoxifying my body. Like I said to you before, with the herbs, with the special treatment, with all of the, um, you know, all of the things that I had to do, it wasn't just me sitting there looking pretty and, oh, here you go, Grace, here's this a meal on a tray. It, you know, and I would go in my room and I wasn't the only one, but I would be purging. I would be crying. And I'm like, why is this thing making me cry? This is fantastic. Because <laughs> what it was doing, yes, because it was energies in my body that weren't, you know, they weren't in line. So that's what I did. I started to look at that and go, well, this isn't serving me. This energy isn't serving me. This isn't serving me. So therefore, that's what it was doing. Um, So I could see that, you know, I understand that from that point of view. But a lot of people, like you said before, they think you go into a center and all you're doing is detoxing. And it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that at all. Um, 
So I'm glad you brought that up because it's really, really important. Like you said, when you do the Pachakama process, have I said that right? Because I just wrote it down. Yeah, great. Um, like you said, it's 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 something that's individual. It ha it's not meaning you and I go and do Ayurveda and we're going to do exactly the same treatment and what they do on you is going to be done. It wasn't. It wasn't. They, I was there with... I think we were 20 maximum um, and none of us could turn around and say, oh, yeah, we feel the same way or we're doing the same thing. None of us. So, uh, and it was quite interesting to see the energies. People would be purging energies one day. Other people are on a nice high and other people are on a low, low. Uh, and we're not talking physically. We're talking emotionally. We're talking spiritually. So it was beautiful to see that transition. So why do you think Ayurveda is, because I really want, because I know how important it was for me, but why is it so important for you to translate the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda in modern day? Why do you believe that so much? Because grace is still so incredibly relevant. And um, so, so much of it still applies to our life. A lot of it is very practical, common sense in terms of seeking harmony in our, mm. in our lives. Right. And so um, it is still applicable. And the wonderful thing about Ayurveda, it is a living science. And so that means it is evolved um, and, you know, it is always evolving. It honors the fact that we are unique individuals. And so it understands that we all have our own journey. Mm. We all have our own path and that will always be um, extremely valuable information for anyone who's looking for a holistic approach. Mm. to health and well-being that there is a way yes there is a way it does happen to be very personal um and no one can walk it but you yeah so like i said it's a gift that keeps giving these deep mm. teachings um that continue to just bring us back to ourselves to to discover who our tr true self is what it really means to be in our true self and then how do we continue to the, to honor that? So, you know, when we look at the onset of disease in Ayurveda, we look at it on a very basic energetic level. So before, mm. way before there are any symptoms, there is a disturbance of this energetic harmony, this balance that is dictated by your body type, right? Your Ayurvedic mm. constitution, you have a special integration of energies or doshas that's mm. that's unique to you right and when those energies start to um fall into a place of imbalance that is seen as the root of all dis-ease and then from there things start to accelerate depending on if those those imbalances are actually chronic mm. right so um there really is um I think there's really important teachings around understanding how we become, we get to the place of disease in the first place. Mm. It really starts at that root cause. And um, so Ayurveda brings us back to that root cause to remind us like, hey, you've, you've veered away from your true self. 
Yes. From the perfect balance of your energies. Mm. Everyone has a different balance of the doshas, Mm. air, um, fire, earth, water, Mm. right? Mm. And so when those energies go out of balance, that's when things like panchakarma can be really helpful. The cleansing rituals, the seasonal cleansing rituals, but it also reminds us on a daily basis, Ayurveda does that we can like before we need the full cleansing ritual there are things that we can do every day that continues to honor our true selves yeah and i think that's important because like like you said uh, i really like the way you touched on that because i when i say to people was i surprised i got cancer oh yeah was i surprised i got cancer no i wasn't and if you look at it you know a lot of people go oh is it because of what you were eating Mine was energetically. When I say energetically, I was going through a really bad time in my life that, you know, I was angry, I was resentful, I was, you know, jealous, I was a lot of things. And it was really an unbalance of energy. And it's interesting because I believe I was fire. And um, and you know, and the thing is, yeah, and and I love the fact that. I'm not going to say by the time I left, I was air because that would be the biggest lie out there. But I felt like I was air because why? Because like you said, I had to get rid of the disease. And I love the way you touched on the diseases because that's exactly what the doctor was talking about. He kept looking at me and that is why he said to me, Grace, we caught this in time. This is someone that I went to Bali with. Uh, you know, as in to, you know, to go to Bali and do this. And this doctor says to me, Grace, it's either gone or it's shrunk. Then I remember thinking to myself, how would he know? And in actual fact, like I said, four weeks later, I got operated, they couldn't find it. Because why? Because when he was checking, like you said, the harmony, he was finding the harmony and he was saying, Grace, you're no longer in that massive fire. You're not eating there you're not living there you're not thinking there you know it's it wasn't just like you're saying and it's great how you say that you could do this where you don't become the disease or get to that point it's really important to harmonize your life there's you know you would probably know better than anyone with COVID around it's created a lot of you know disharmony because people that used to be able to do things are feeling like oh now I can't and they feel all out of balance and that is what's going to create you know a lot of problems in the long run which you don't want to get of course um so I really like how you bring that up because I truly believe that yeah it comes down to Like you're saying, it comes down to harmony. I know we use this word. We're going to be using this word a lot, but it's true. It's true. And anyone who's watching or listening is probably going to go, oh, you guys, you guys are off with the fairies. No, we're not. (laughs) We're not. We're not. I'm no fairy and I'm not off with nothing. But because why? Because I truly understand what you say because what I brought back, you know, and after I will show you, I have it right here on my desk. 2018, I wrote something in my Ayurveda journey and I didn't pull it out because you were on today. I've had it here. The first thing says, I am willing to let go. The first line 
That's on a piece of paper that I found in my journal. So you know what I mean? So I think it's it's so having said that, like so if, if people are listening and going, well, I can't fly to Peru, Heather. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Peru. I can't fly to Bali. I can't fly to India. Um, so what are some things that people can start recognizing, I believe? The first thing that they can start recognizing that they know that they're not in harmony. That's a great question, Grace. And let me just say, as a side note, your story is really an incredible one. It's really incredible, especially to get, um, you know, that type of result. That is mm -hmm. amazing. And I do truly feel that, like, you, you, the timing must have been really good for you. Like, you were ready. Yeah. You were really ready. And you talk about like this access and this is perfect because mm. that this is really what this cleansing ritual is for, is to draw out the excesses, to lessen them, to take the heat out, right? So that we can experience mm. our true, true selves, right? Mm -hmm. Not through this filter of excess. Um, I'm sorry. So you might have to repeat that question again. That's I okay. So the note on that. <laughs> no, the question was, is how can people find like in the beginning, oh, what yeah. is something that they can notice? Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, you know, again, I'll mention that everyone's journey is so incredibly different because we are all such, um, unique beings and we all have our own entryway right mm. we all have our gateway that's going to lead us in that direction towards harmony towards well-being um but what what i it makes me think of this question makes me think of is how one of the main roots of disease is the mind mm. this is what is is taught in ayurveda is that disease actually the the root it actually begins in the mind and so um Again, you know, I mentioned how are the ways that, um, you know, it starts with some soul searching, right? Mm. Um, what are the ways you feel that you are um, out of alignment with yourself? Yeah. Right? Yeah, um, absolutely. What are the ways that you feel that are, you know, how are you unrecognizable to yourself mm. in any way? And it's usually these are the, these are these excesses that have led us away or the imbalances that have led us away from our true self for whatever reason. So this it's kind of a, it's it, it's start with the starting really with the big picture. Mm. And um, and then, of course, when we when we think about the everyday things, um, what I like to talk to my clients about in particular is reclaiming like first of all getting to know your truth mm. right and being grounded in that and what are the yes. grounding practices that are reaffirming mm. that every day that this is me this is me this is not me i'm not you know i'm going to do less of the not me right because yeah. it's probable that not me is an excess right so i'm going to so i'm going to start moving back towards me and there's no judgment in that whatsoever mm. this it's all a learning process and regardless of what happens we're we're gaining such valuable knowledge about ourselves um so there are little things that um we can do to um 
try to return to ourselves. So we have mm-hmm. so many of these practices given to us by Ayurveda and yoga that put us back in touch with ourselves that are very grounding, nourishing practices. And some of it is so basic that your listeners are probably going to guffaw. But honestly, it's things like, you know, breathing. Mm. How am I breathing? <laughs> what yeah. is my breath like? Right. Can I be in tune with my breath? If we can be in tune with our breath, the breath is seen as the bridge between the mind and the body. So if we want to talk to both our mind and our body, Mm. the breath is a really wonderful way to start. And some I'm sure people are thinking like, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean to be aware of your breath? Yeah. Um, And so that's when we start to talk about meditation and just Mm. having a little bit of time for yourself every day. And you don't have to think about a meditation. I talk to my clients as it as like just time for you to be with yourself mm. where you're just sitting yeah. with yourself and you're noticing how you breathe. Cause we want to stay mm-hmm. connected with the body. Mm-hmm. And um, the more we can be in tune with ourselves, the more we can know what is truly us and what is not serving us. Yeah, we we start to make those distinctions like, Mm. yeah, this is me. This is me over here. And like "Mm, that that's a voice that someone else put there. That's not me. Mm. Right. So it's cultivating the self-awareness over time um, is an important practice. Um, But these little like nourishing things and it's you know, there's no it's helpful to know there's no silver bullet. It's going to be a little, it's going to be different for everyone. So what's going to work for your friend might not work for you. Mm. You're, you know, you might've had a friend that went with you and did the same program and it, it didn't work, right. Mm. It didn't work for Mm. hers because it wasn't designed for her. Yeah. So, um, it is helpful to reach out to an Ayurvedic practitioner or a health counselor. If you know of one in your area, Um, to get personal suggestions, but something that I can share that, um, that I work with, with my clients is just, you know, using those times to get to know each other, uh, ourselves, and Mm. be with ourselves, um, to, to increase that self awareness, but these little nourishing practices, like sitting in the morning with a cup of tea. Mm. You know, if, if meditation seems like too far out there for you, or even just connecting with your breath, and that just seems too like out there, that's okay. Um, what about just sitting with a cup of tea in the morning? Yeah. And just, just doing that, no screens, Mm. no distractions. What is it Mm -hmm. like? Mm. What does that feel like? Yeah, that, I mean, that for a lot, like, including myself and a lot of my clients, <laughs> yes, that's yes. my meditation. Yeah, that yeah. really is my morning meditation, mm. because that's what's accessible. Yes, right. So we have to mm-hmm. start where we're at, we're starting um, with things that we can easily grasp yeah. um, in our lives. And so when we sit with ourselves in the morning, we might think of you know, maybe a special intention we have for that day, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least to um, focus on um, what is on our plate that day. Yeah. And if we're going to sit in truth with ourselves, is it aligned 
Like what, what is mm. on your plate today? And does that feel aligned with you and know that, and this is especially true for women. We put so much on our plate sometimes, especially our A types, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. just so busy putting all these things on our plate. And so the morning reflection time, sometimes it's time to be like, mm, nope. To do list. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah. Yep. That's not going to serve me. Yeah. That's not, you know, I'm not, do, that's, yep. I'm not doing that for me. Mm. I'm doing this for someone else. That, right. So it yes. does give us this moment of clarity to be like, you know, I want what's on my plate to serve me. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's important to serve others as well, Oh, absolutely. but, but Ayurveda does really, um, emphasize how important it is to put ourselves first. And so, especially for women, I find this extremely empower, empowering because it's giving us permission, um, to be, you know, what we think of as selfish, mm. but it's not seen as selfish in Ayurveda. Self. Yes. We call that self-care. Mm, it's self-care right. to say mm -hmm. like this is what i'm able to do today yeah um this is what i'm not or this is not who i am right and just to start to make those decisions and if we can if that becomes a daily practice that starts to creep out into the rest of our lives in different ways you know when we're yeah. choosing what to eat right like mm -hmm. um i could eat the piece of chocolate cake yeah I could do that. It'd be really good. Mm -hmm. And then there's this other healthy thing that I think would, um, of course, it's going to be different for everyone, but here's yeah. this other thing that could nourish me in a completely deeper, more meaningful way, you know? And so we start to take that mindset out into all the decisions we make mm -hmm. um, during the day. So again, those, those practices are coming from, um, or they're built upon self-awareness. So I, I know people are looking for specific things. I hope that's, I hope that's. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Absolutely. No, but it's so true what you're saying. And I've written them all down because, um, you know, a lot of people, that's exactly what you, you're saying. A lot of people think that they have to, they have to, for some reason, 180 or nothing. You know, it's a 180 change or nothing. It's not going to work unless, no, it's not. It's the small things in life. You know, we have a saying, it's not our saying, we use it from our mentor. It's a two millimeter shift. That's all it is. It's a small shift that you do. So it's not saying, we're not here saying to people, right, you need to learn how to breathe. You have to meditate, self-awareness, be selfish, da, 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 all in once. You know, we're not saying, you know, <laughs> Please don't ever think that we're going to tell you to go out there to your family and say, I don't want you. It's all about me. Um, it's not about that. But I, you know, everything you said just before resonated because that's exactly on this path where I found who was important. And when my husband, like there are times when I'd say, I don't need my husband. It's not because I didn't need him. I didn't need him, but I wanted him to want me. What I meant by that is I needed to make sure that I was good on my own, you know, and that's what gave me more life and more, you know, self-esteem and confidence and being true to yourself. That is the most important thing. I'm probably as authentic as you're going to see. This is, if you saw me off camera, this is how I am. So, you know what I mean? And it's because 
I had to learn I'm not going to be a people pleaser. From now on, I need to be true to me. If I want to live this life, this is what's important. And if I can share what's important for me, I can be a better version of myself for others. That's what it is. Just be a better version of yourself for others. You know, I'm not here to save the world, but I'm here to make of service. This is who I am. Can I help you? Great. Can I not help you? Great. You know, um, but it, like you said, it's this whole thing is a lifestyle change. It's not a diet. It's not a quick fix. It, we're, we're just teaching people how these small changes, and we'll get into the other changes, of course, that, you know, you're um, helping clients with, but these are the small changes. Like you said, just that simple thing of sitting with a cup of tea, no screens. Every morning at 6 a.m., I am up, rain, hail, or shine, I am in the ocean at 6.30 in the morning. I'm in the ocean. So wow. it's not pleasant. There are days where there's more crap in the ocean <laughs> that I want to deal with. Um, but why? Because that time between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m., I am out of my home. Yes, I. you know what's funny? I take my phone, I take my headphones, you know, my AirPods, nothing. I don't even know why I bring them because I don't use them. You know what I mean? But I think I, I just in case, you know, you might need your phone, something, whatever. But, you know, um, but it's that moment, like you said, it's that moment that I wake up, I leave my house in the dark with my husband. We get to the certain part of the beach and everything comes off. I mean, bathers accepted, you know, um, <laughs> but everything else comes off and it's one, two, three. No, oh, what's it going to be? No, because what that does is it just resets us and grounds us. Mm. So mm -hmm. it's really important what you said. It's the little things, and I'm not telling people to go throw themselves in oceans now, not unless you want to, but it's the little things. It's the small things that make it so good. But, you know, I know right. that you're And that what's, that's what works for you. Correct. And, and so everyone needs to find the thing Absolutely. that works for them. And I really, I'm glad you brought up the excess or the, um, you know, making really drastic changes. Mm. Um, you know, the teachers of Ayurveda taught us that that was not a smart thing to do because that is another type of excess going there from go. one extreme to the other. And it's harmful and it's not kind to no. ourselves right and no. that's another thing that they want they, that that they're teaching us is that you know this is a compassionate practice yes. um right so this is not yeah. about beating ourselves up it's not about um it being painful in order for for you to feel like it's working um mm. it is you know one thing that's helpful for for people to know is, is it is usually a very gen like gentle approach and i would say pancha karma is definitely one of the more um you know uh, like intense experiences mm. that mm. someone can have with ayurveda but there's lots of different ways to weave it into your everyday life that is very gentle and are just like what you're talking about like little steps right yeah yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and that's and I wanted to touch on the next thing because one of the things that I was doing is every morning I was doing a yoga. Now, 
I'm not a yoga person. Mm -hmm. So when I got told you're going to do a yoga, and this is important that I want people to listen to because I don't do yoga. And I thought, holy cow, they're going to get me to bend my body in a shape I've never heard before. One of my sessions, in actual fact, was me laying on a uh, roll where I actually opened up my body and I laid there for 45 minutes. What that was allowing us to do is just open, open as in open up your body, but just allow it to be. And I thought, oh, wow, this isn't the yoga that people think of. People think you got to do all these crazy moves and stuff. The yoga I did, yes, there was the, uh, what do they call it? Not the intense because that scares people, but it was more of another type of yoga. But the yoga I did, I looked forward to it every morning because it just felt like I was breathing I was just being with myself. So why is it important? Because we know that the Ayurveda is important, but why is the yoga from Ayurveda important? Because yoga has been bastardized, and I don't like using that word, but you know what we mean. It's being put out there, everyone goes to yoga, roll mat and a drink bottle and we're going to yoga. It's not. The one that I did in Ayurveda was not that at all. Why is it important? It, it is very important. And, and Ayurveda and yoga were braided together over time. They're very complementary. That's, you know, there's a reason why they call them sister sciences, mm. because they're intended to be to inform each other. So yoga might be the yoga postures that we practice might be the technology that the first yogis did and passed down to us. That's the technology, right? Mm. Ayurveda is actually the playbook, mm. is how we use the postures. Not everyone's going to agree with me on that, right? <laughs> um, especially from the yoga side of, of, of things. But from at least from the Ayurvedic perspective, we it's believed that you use Ayurveda in tandem with yoga so that you're using the technology in a way that supports you in the way that you need to be supported. And, and this is part of the problem with group yoga classes, because, you know, what's good for you yeah. might not be good for the person next to you, but you're doing the same practice. And so it is, you know, Ayurveda does see yoga practice again as highly personalized. And that is mm. something that you can seek out. That's one of my specialties as well, because I live in both worlds of Ayurveda and yoga. Mm -hmm. And um, so I can help my yogi, my yogini clients figure out um, what what yoga postures, what yoga practice really um, is best for them. But the yoga is important because we're learning how to move our bodies in different ways to influence the energies. Yes. So you can think about it as a form of acupressure. Mm. Because you are you're you're moving your body in different ways that's going to put pressure on different pressure points in the body, and um, and that is for a certain effect. Depending on are we working with the spine? Are we working with the liver? Are we working with the intestines? Like what is it that we're working with? Mm. What do we want to have a positive influence on? Are we working with the mind? 
right? Because yeah. in Ayurveda, we also understand that yoga is a technology, not just for the body, but for the mind. Hmm. And just like you, the experience that you had at the center is like, wow, this is awesome. This is hmm. this is not just <laughs> putting myself in a pretzel. This this is <laughs> this is more than skin deep. Right? Yes, you felt that. Yeah, and it's absolutely. Because, and it's because yoga, like Ayurveda, is a mind body medicine. Hmm. Right. We we just need a gateway. Is it through the body, yeah. or is it through the mind? Right. Yeah. For a lot of people, it's going to be through the body because that's mm. just more tangible. Um, but yes, you know, Western, the Western take on yoga is highly um, fitness sized. Mm. Um, so it's really, it is not what the original yoga teachers intended. Um, it yeah. doesn't mean that it's not a great workout. Absolutely. You know, if that's what mm. you like to do, if that's yeah. fun for you. Mm. That's that's you. That's great. <laughs> However, that's not you're not exactly sure what those postures are doing. <laughs> that's the thing. And your yoga teacher might not also know. So it's, you know, it's yeah. one of the the uh, nice things about being entrained in Ayurveda and yoga is that I can lead my clients in specific postures and practices that are going to support them in the ways they need to be supported. Yeah. So we do need to move our bodies and it is an easier gateway than meditation, let's say. Mm -hmm. So, and that is how we manipulate the energy, hopefully very deliberately um, on a personal level. So we can also support the the health and the well-being of the body mind system. Yeah. Yeah. That is that. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm glad you specified that because like I said, it wasn't, you know, the moment you say to someone, let's do yoga. They're like, what do you mean we do yoga? But like I said, it was, to me, it was not a yoga class. To me, it was part of the process of healing. It was just a process of healing. I was doing that constantly. So, um, now, the thing is, I know you touch more on women and why Ayurveda is really important. So what is the most important principle uh, of Ayurveda for women? Mm, yes. Yeah, great question, Grace. So, you know, and that brings me back to my original point as well. It's really all about honoring ourselves as the unique beings that we are mm -hmm. and as, as women, honoring ourselves as women. We are... Um, we are cyclical beings. We are emotional beings. We are spiritual beings. Mm. Um, we are be a beings that have a greater affinity for most of us, for the divine femininity, for the divine feminine, however that shows up in us. So it's yeah. really about honoring how that energy really resides in us, how it manifests in us. And that also steering our wellness journey as well, right? We're not going to be on the same wellness program as a man. Mm. We're different beings, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. So um, we need different support systems. We need different practices and we're cyclical. We have a cycle, yes. men do as well, but we have a very different cycle that is attuned to the movements of the moon. So mm -hmm. there's a, a lot of planetary influences um, in women's wellness. And this is something that I love to teach about because there's also the astrological component of Ayurveda that is going to inform 
you know, more personal flourishes for, mm. you know, whatever your, your journey is, but it's very mm. much attuned to the moon. And just like the moon, we're very changeable and, yeah. you know, learning how to honor and respect that instead of, I feel at least in Western society, it's been um, degraded. It's um, been um, just looked upon as weak or vulnerable mm, because we mm. are emotional beings when in fact, that's, that's part of our strength. Correct. It is that we are emotional beings and we are very um, spiritual beings and that's just who we are. And, and I feel like it's part of, our path as women to embrace that, however that feels best for us. So again, there's the cyclical aspects. We're usually observing the phases of the moon. Mm -hmm. Our energy wanes with the movements of the moon, whether it's full or it's new. And so there's this greater self-awareness practice that is happening between us and the moon. Mm. And as a way of reflecting upon ourselves. Yeah. So we use the moon as a vehicle for self-awareness and self-enlightenment. Mm -hmm. So it's mm. fa it's fascinating and um you know it's a whole it's a whole other topic for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lots of richness there. Yeah, I would say so because you, like you said, you know, if you look back at our, you know, at our ancestors thousands of years ago, you know, they didn't have what we have today, but yet they really um, nourished the woman. They really did everything it took. If you look at the way some tribes would do, uh, you know, uh, you know, for women, you know, what they would do to become, you know, within themselves, they would celebrate that you know what I mean whereas today it's like you said it's it, you know looking at the woman it's like no a woman has to be a mother she has to be a wife she has to be a you know a chef she has to be a you know a, a whatever a worker you know a manager whatever and the thing is she forgets to be herself and that's really truly important and that's what happens a lot of women lose who they are because they're so surrounded with you like you said before oh i must i must i must that they don't have time for that so that's why i really like that that it's how you said it's not just being a woman it's everything and it, and if you go back centuries ago you would see how they celebrated uh, women and the rituals. When I say rituals, they weren't sacrificing, but they were doing things <laughs> to celebrate the woman, you know. So I find that really, really, really important. But what is like, you know, so people who are listening, they're, they're probably thinking again, what's this Ayurveda? And yes, like you, I, I wanted to just mention before, you know, um, it's not the massive changes. It's not like I was fire and all of a sudden it's like, I need to be air. It's like, well, good luck with that, Grace. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> I will put myself through pain before I put myself through pleasure. So mm. it's just a matter of balancing. Well, what's next from fire, Grace? Is it earth? Maybe be fire and earth, you know, not, you know, and someone who's air, maybe it's too much. Maybe they're going to be balanced out. So, you know what I mean? So I, I think a lot of people feel that they need to, like I said, 180 change or else nothing's going to change. And I think it's not about that. It's the little thing. So having said that, my next question would be the best lifestyle tips 
the best mm. for women, the best Ayurvedic lifestyle tips? What would you say? Mm. I'm well, writing I, it down too. <laughs> yeah, and I can speak from a personal experience too because I know what has made the most sense for me and, and for my clients. Mm. And my clients are very much like me. They are, you know, busy people um, with families, with professions. Um, we're trying to do a little bit of everything. And so self-care really is at the top of my list. Yeah. And it needs to be a realistic thing, right? I know self-care is a hot topic right now. And, um, <laughs> and some people can feel shamed by that. Like, oh my mm. gosh, I don't have time for self-care. And, you know, how am I supposed to do that? And that's why it needs to be really accessible. It really needs to be doable. And that's why I love that morning, you know, reflection time with a mm. cup of tea. Cause it's like, you know, most of us, I think we can pull off something kind of like that. But um, so self-care is at the top of my list for myself and for a lot of my clients, because because I work with mostly women, we tend to put ourselves last yes. um, at the end of our to-do list mm. always mm. where I'm going to take care of everyone else before I take care of me. And so the lesson is, can you put yourself first? And that's why I do put a lot of emphasis in the morning time because it's, it's beautiful. And you know this, Grace. It's this beautiful, mm. peaceful time yeah. um, for us to take advantage of before the craziness of the day begins. Yeah. And it has this really beautiful energy we call this sattva, very sattvic, clear, mm. clear and pure. And it's just when the mind can be a little bit more um, clear as well. Um, just in terms of getting in touch with ourselves, but also it's a good time to prioritize ourselves as yes. well it's during this like yeah. special time in the morning, even if it's like 10 minutes. Mm. And so I would challenge your listeners, like what could you do first thing in the morning for yourself? First thing before you start to tend to everyone else or get ready for work or whatever it is, or check your phone, right? Can you create a little cushion of time for yourself first? Yeah. And what would you do in that time as a self-care practice? It could just be sitting with that cup of tea or it could be something else. Maybe, you know, for some moms with like new, with young kids, maybe it's just getting in the shower. Right, mm, taking mm. those first 10 minutes of the day to take care of ourselves. Yeah. We, we talk about wellness in Ayurveda sometimes. I use this analogy a lot with my clients in terms of um, our wellness being a container or like a well. And we mm -hmm. have to we have to pay into that well. We have to fill our own well so that we can serve others, so that we yeah. can do what it is that we want to do so we can mm. fulfill our life's purpose, whatever that may be. But if our cup runneth dry, we have yeah. nothing to give. So, and I speak of this in personal experience myself, because I've always been a type A, go, go, take care of other people first. I can do it all type person. I've learned so many ways over the years how that is just not working for me at all. Yeah, so, yeah. That is it. That is a challenge um, to think mm. of a little something that you can do and something that really feels nourishing to you. So this yeah. is not it does not mean like, oh, I'm going to get up and do cardio for 10 minutes. Mm. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> 
That's that right. Is, that does not sound nourishing. That sounds more like someone telling you that you need to be doing something. Yeah. So sometimes we have to work through the voices to get to our true voice saying like, oh, I just want to sit and enjoy the quiet mm. and take maybe take a bath. You know, mm. those first like few moments, Absolutely. you're mm. going for your swim, you know? Mm. So it's like, this is my time. This is what I want mm -hmm. women mm -hmm. to hear mm -hmm. in this message. This is my time. My time. Yes. So what am I going to do for me? Even if it's just five minutes, even if I'm just going to sit up in bed and sit here yeah. and breathe and mm. do nothing, do nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because for some of us, that's really hard. Absolutely. Just try to fill our own well and just know that it you don't actually have to be active in something. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's something that where you are inactive and just trying to find some peace and quiet. Yeah, yeah. And that's and so true, like you said, because a lot of people think, oh, so you're telling me 10 minutes to myself. Yeah, okay, well, then I'll quickly do this and I'll quickly. It's not about that. And, you know, I, I learned and I say to people, don't let the disease teach you a lesson. And that was the biggest lesson that unfortunately I had to be taught because I wasn't listening um mm. and so I say to people don't wait to that and it's it's that's what I say about people this is it's about me first and when I say that people look at me like oh what do you mean it's about <laughs> yeah it's about me first because like you said if I'm not looking after me I'm not good enough for my husband if I'm not looking after me I'm not good enough for my friends my community my sisters whoever my family so, and the thing is too, I had to learn to love myself and that's hard. You know, I, I say that I repeat it because it's so true. I can look at myself in the mirror and say, Grace, I love you so much. I love you so much. And I have your back no matter what. When you say those empowering words to yourself, even if that is your morning, you don't have to scream it to the hilltops, but if you can stand in front of the middle of your bathroom, you've washed your face, you've brushed your teeth, and you can even say, you know what, I love you. I really, really love you. And even that, have a small conversation with yourself. That could be the starting point of healing yourself, knowing you become you come first. And I know it sounds like a cliche and you would have heard it because I'm sure you've been on a plane. You don't put the mask on others. You put it on yourself first. Why? Why would they tell you something as simple as that? Because if you go and assist others, you're dead. So you know what I mean? So it's like, no, you assist you first. And the, 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 you know, how you metaphor of the cup is so important. When the cup is overflowed, give to others, not when your cup is empty. You know what I mean? When your cup is empty, you're like, well, now what? Now what do I do? You know, it's like, exactly. well, well, that's not going to help. So yeah. I, I really like that. I, re I really like those points because it's, it is important for people to listen to this. So, you know, um, I mean, going back to the Ayurveda, like we said, there's a lot of herbs involved. There's a lot of foods involved. But the foods aren't involved like we're saying. We're not, um, they're not, of course, like you said, if you do the, the Pachakama to detox, it's a totally different thing. You want to detox the body. But, you know, and I had to drink ghee. And 
for me, that was normal. Let me tell you, I think I was the only person that drank it and did not have a problem. And the reason is, is because I drank medicine in the jungles of Peru. And trust me, ghee was like a hot chocolate. So um, for me, it was normal, you know, but, but, you know, having said that, and to me, I look, see, this is a difference too. When I was drinking the ghee, it wasn't, oh my God, I got to drink this stuff. I would say, this is healing me from the inside out and I accept you and I respect you and I would drink it. You know, that's how I would see everything that I did. But with going back to the foods and the herbs and all that, it's not a matter of, oh, well, I just want to lose 20 kilos. So what can I do? Like you said, it's because if you're like me, I was already fire. Do I love Indian food? Hell yeah. Hmm. Is it good for me 24 seven? No, not because it's Indian food, because I'm already fire and I'm creating more fire. So what we're Ayurveda is about is balancing, getting the harmony back into your life, because some foods can create disharmony. You know, you eat a certain food or you do a certain movement, it's going to stay in your body. You don't feel good about yourself. So what are some small tips that people can start you know, eating or drinking or or, or doing, uh, you know, when it comes to the actual Ayurveda? Is it taking herbs? Is it drinking more water? Is it, you know, what, what could help just to rebalance whatever their dosha is, I guess? Yes, I, absolutely. And it's going to be a little different for everyone. Like mm -hmm. herbs are, are usually a personal thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're working one-on-one -on -one with someone that is a wonderful way to dive into herbs personally i think food is the preferred way to the gut and mm. the mind body system um for ayurveda because it is a gentler approach we might use herbs um, especially in, certainly in panchakarma in a cleansing program will use herbs to facilitate the cleansing, yeah. um, the detoxification. But, um, you know, in terms of, you know, like foods per se, you know, we're, we're what's helpful is to think about what is an excess mm. in your diet. So if we're going to look at this from the standpoint of if we're looking for harmony, let's first look for the imbalances. And the way that we look for the imbalances is through the excesses, right? So Grace is really hot. She's running hot. She's, she mm. is, you know, going to eat a bunch of spicy Indian food. She's going to be more <laughs> hot, right? So we have this principle of like increasing like energies in Ayurveda. Yeah. So we know that like when we're hot, we want to use the opposite cooling energy to balance ourselves and to find harmony that way. Mm, mm. So, um, you know, thinking of what is an excess, like for you, it was the pitta or the um, fiery dosha. And mm -hmm, that was mm -hmm. the energy that needed to be drawn back, to be yeah. reined in, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be different for everyone. Correct. Um, right. So someone might have the water, the kapha energy, or the earth energy that is too excessive mm -hmm. in their diet or in their lifestyle, and it's causing this imbalance. So we're going to dial back that. And perhaps for someone, it's air, it's vata, mm -hmm. right? There's mm -hmm. too much movement. Mm -hmm. We're busy. We're going from here to there. We're, we're um, 
you know, eating a cold diet, um, mm. you know, that has that coldness, um, the cold, uh, any cold attributes like raw this or raw that. Mm. That's really cold. It's a cold diet. And yeah. um, so, you know, that person is going to have to ease up on those airy, cold um, accesses of their diet. So again, it's going to be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's a meditation to think about, mm. you know, or a reflection to think about what is an excess? You know, what is my body telling me? Am I feeling heat? Am I feeling like earthiness, like heaviness and sluggishness? Mm. Am I feeling airiness? Like mm. I'm, I'm just out of my body. I'm ungrounded. I'm running yeah. around mm. totally out of my body, you know? So like tr try to, you know, tag some of these accesses with the elements, the doshas, um, and start to draw those back. Yeah. Um, and listening to ourselves as we do that, right? So mm. it's it's a balancing act. It's going to be a little different for everyone. But first, it's always, it's working in the mind. Yes. We work in the yeah, mind we back first. To... We go yeah. back to the mind. How, <laughs> am I, how am I feeling? Is this yeah. serving me? Yes. What's going on? Yeah. Um, and then start to move from there. But, it, you know, it's great because you talk about... Um, you, you talked about disease as a teacher, mm. not too long enough. And that is, a, that's a personal um, concept for me. I feel like, you know, when the student is ready, the science is saying, uh, the teacher will appear. And disease Correct. is very much like that. And disease is coming to, you know, hopefully lead us and guide us back to ourselves because we have, we have, um, gone astray yeah from our true selves from our true state of balance yeah um with ourselves and so you know um i don't want anyone to think of disease as a judgment or something no, bad no, it absolutely. certainly can feel yeah. bad yeah you know yeah. and it can be it can be a very challenging experience but also if you look at it if you change your mind yeah about what that um opportunity is actually bringing you then Correct. it can be more of a blessing and a self you know it enriches yourself um your personal wellness journey yeah. in so yeah. many ways if you mm. choose to accept it that way correct if you see it as a punishment or a judgment mm. it's going to feel that way no, that's right that's right so it's yeah. really just your body and your mind trying to steer you back to yourself mm, so mm. that that's true for cancer and that's true for yeah, so absolutely. many diseases mm -hmm. yep. really mild diseases and also mm. you know full-blown ones as well yeah so thank yeah. you for bringing that up that was lovely yeah no that's what I mean it was it, it was important because that's it, it's exactly and I know I keep referring back to me it's because I I lived it I breathed it I felt it um, and that's exactly how I saw it. I didn't never saw this. Why did this happen to me? It's why it, it's more like, well, if it wasn't for me, who else would I give this to? This didn't happen to me. It happened for me. It happened for me to learn. It happened for me to go back, like you said, to realign with myself. And, you know, and that's why doing this Ayurveda journey was helping me just keep realigning. Where are you off? Where are you off? And I never, 
even though I was there for 12 days or 14 days, whatever I was there, I not once, and I knew I had cancer. It's not that it was prior to me finding out. I didn't have cancer. And it's not that I was like, uh, how do you call it, disconnecting with it. I was accepting it. I was, okay, you're here and this is what we're going to do, right? Okay, this is the journey we're on. You're coming with me and we're going this way. And it's okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay because like you said, and I like I say to people all the time, you can do whatever treatments you want, but if you don't fix the mind and the soul and the heart, forget it. And especially the mind, because I know people who have gone through the worst type of disease, they've lived through it, but they're still negative about it. And I think, oh no, that's the big fat no-no to me, because it's like, you know, you haven't learned. You haven't learned. And guess what? You like you said, when the teach when the, the, the student's ready, the teacher appears. You don't want the teacher to reappear. You get what I'm saying? But there's a lot of people who don't fix the mind. And I would always say that. It's whatever you put up here. There isn't a day that I laid in bed and cried, not because I wasn't allowed to. It's my husband would say, this isn't who you are. Don't let it define you. But you know what I mean? But even when I was doing the Ayurveda, I was writing in my journal. I was expressing everything. And I think even journaling is fantastic because there's a lot of people who are so closed off and you may have clients like that who are too afraid to share. They're too afraid to open their throat chakra. So what happens is they don't speak up. They don't say. So writing it down is probably the next best thing. Or like you said, doing a particular yoga movement because you're moving that energy out. Um, it, you know, and I, and I find that to be really, really, really important because like, you know, I agreed. I mean, I know I'm shaking my head, but I honestly agreed with everything you said because it truly is um, a way of life. And, you know, I think anyone and everyone should, you know, listen out and, and really connect with you because, you know, I mean, I, I'm actually looking at connecting with you um, because I was looking. I would for love that. Yeah, because I was I looking. I would love that. Yeah, ever since I came back from Ayurveda, it's not that in Australia they don't have any, but it's very, it's not as common. Um, so I've been always trying to look for someone because, as I said to me, it healed me. Like, you know, I, here's my piece of paper. Uh, you know, this is my little piece of paper of all my writing. Probably can't see it, but this was, and I wrote, I release, I let go, I release all tension, I release all fear. I release anger, guilt, sadness, limitations. You know, I am at peace with the process of my life. Who says that when they have cancer? I am at peace with the process of my life. You know what I mean? And that's, that's beautiful. What was, and I am safe. The last thing says I am safe. And that's what this did. You know, as I said, I didn't pull that out because you were coming on the show that is a reminder to me. That's a reminder of how far I've come, you know, and, and I, I take my hat off and, you know, I know that I, you know, I really want people to listen and to really understand what we're talking about here because it's a lifestyle change. It's not a diet. It's not a quick fix. Like you said, it's not the silver bullet. 
It's a lifestyle change. You want to fix yourself, start from the inside out. You know, right. you know, you want to heal, start with the mind. So, you know, these are really important. You want to be, start being authentic. The word authenticity is in my vocabulary because I believe the more authentic you are with yourself, the better you, we've got one shot at this life. Live it authentically. Live it authentically. Whether you believe Absolutely. in reincarnation, this is it now. At the moment, you're in 2022. You might as well get this on the road and work it out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yes. And Ayurveda also teaches us is that we do not have to wait for disease. Correct. To come knocking. Correct. Before we try yes. to yes. find our way. Yeah. Um, whatever that path looks like. And so this brings us back to seasonal, the seasonal cleansing ritual. Mm -hmm. We don't have to wait until we have this major diagnosis. Ayurveda uh, invites us to do this, this release yeah. of excess doshas of excess energy at least once a year. So we're mm. kind of like cleaning off the plate, right? And we're yeah. closing the chapter of one book putting mm. that aside so that we can make room for that next chapter. Yeah. So Ayurveda is very, very much believes that like it wants us to have that release because we tend to accumulate. That's the thing. Like just yeah. the rules of nature are such that we accumulate energy. You know, mm. when you, when you're a busy person, you tend to get busier. Right. When, um, right. It's, you think of yeah. the laws of momentum and <laughs> energies have a way of building on themselves. And so yeah. during certain seasons, Ayurveda invites us to pause, take some time for ourselves, do these cleansing practices that are going to help us release whatever we need to let go of. It's going to be a little different for everyone so we can move on. And when we do that, we can take along the best version of us yeah. instead of taking along these excesses or these imbalances that really don't, that are not serving us. So yeah. it's like, it's a, it's a practice of continual renewal. And, and to say that like, we're not perfect. We're going to, we're going to be working on ourselves forever mm. right mm. this is just mm -hmm. part of the practice of having a human body Absolutely. having a human mind and that's a, right and a soul so these are just it's like getting a tune-up you get a tune-up for your car <laughs> every three months or however right? right so we would yeah. do this we would do the same for us because we yeah. want to have that clean plate you know or we want to have that full cup right yes. before we move on yes. on to the next yeah. season yeah. And my husband always uses the metaphor too that, you know, when when you're when you're driving and your little um, you know, your little oil light comes on, it doesn't mean you're broken. It just it's there to just go, hey, hey, look at me. I just yeah. need you to put a bit of oil and tune me up a little bit. It doesn't mean the car's broken. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're gonna pull over and call it a day. It's just reminding you. And, you know, we talk about a lot of these energies and I, you know, when I, and I'm sure you do too, when you speak to people and they're like, oh, I'm so tired. You know, I just spent the day with so-and-so and I'm so tired. Ah, uh, really? Well, maybe that person just sucked your energy out or gave you all of theirs. 
they're bad. You know what I mean? And you've just taken it on and taken it on and taken it on that you're now tired. So you know your body is, you know, it's there to tell you, hey, I'm here. Please listen. Please listen. So, and I think like you're saying, it's perfect. All you need is a cleanse. Why is it that you have a, a water filter? You cleanse it. You have a fish tank, you cleanse it, you clean it every so often. Why do we always put ourselves last? You know, the human always puts themselves last because in society to put yourself first, it's like, well, who do you think you are? Um, you know, and it's pretty sad. It is sad because you and I are awakened to this, but there's people who would go, oh, I don't have time for that. I, I can I can definitely have more than 10 people on two hands that says, oh, I don't have time for that, Grace. I don't have time for 10 minutes. Really, we all get 24 hours. I don't get any more. You don't get any more. Why do we find time? You know, so the thing is, it's a matter of prioritizing. We go back to it and understanding who is important and it's person number one which is yourself so i know that you you're actually um you're offering a, a self-paced program it's a one-on-one consultation to guide women through their personal wellness journey so what does that mean like to our listeners and our viewers how can they reach you and what does that mean yes absolutely so i do offer both um, I offer a seasonal cleanse program and I mm-hmm. offer both um, with one-on-one support if that is what you desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the program can be a standalone self-paced program. Mm. If you want to do it on your own, you certainly can. Um, it's a very gentle, general cleanse. Um, and for those who I work one-on-one with, um, then we are working on a more personal program. Mm-hmm. But there, there's so many wonderful things in a general program that's going to work for a lot of people. Um, so all the practices are there, you know, the cleansing diet, the nourishing rituals. And the thing to remember about an Ayurvedic cleanse is that it is probably one of the more gentler approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and we not only focus on detoxification, we focus also on rejuvenation so that, you know, detoxification is a um, deplete, kind of a depleting act. We kind of whittle you down mm-hmm. a little bit. We're really simplifying things. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you got yeah. that experience. Um, I did, I did too yeah. in yeah. India. And, um, you know, and then there's the process of building you back up. Yeah. And, you know, so for your listeners who are, who have walked the journey of, who've walked the breast cancer journey, you know, this might be more appropriate on the recovery side. Correct. Where we have um, a little bit more, we're gaining our strength. We're learning how to regain our strength over time. Um, it is, you know, cleansing rituals are best for those who feel like strong enough you know, to do a detox, but even then it's still very gentle. It's mm. food, food based. Um, I don't do a lot of herbs in the general program because of course that's very, that's a very personal thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the diet is very helpful. The lifestyle um, suggestions, all these different self-care practices mm-hmm. that help to boost detoxification, but in a very nourishing way. And this is one of the main differences in an Ayurvedic cleanse. It's a gentle 
and there is emphasis on nourishment, not like stripping away or like, mm -hmm. you know, use, use the word purging. And mm -hmm. certainly, you know, someone can have that kind of experience, but the, the um, emphasis is more on, um, you know, gentle approach, mm -hmm. not, not mm -hmm. as drastic. So mm -hmm. um, they, you can go through the self-paced program or you can have one-on-one -on -one support with me and you can start either way. You can choose to start with the self-paced and then decide at some point for us to work together one-on-one. -on -one. I, I would just recommend getting in there to see how it's going for you. Um, mm. If you are actively working with a diagnosis, then I would prefer for, for you to have one-on-one -on -one support with me mm -hmm. because that's, you know, if you are working with a diagnosis, then, you know, that's a good, it's a good cue to have the personal support. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. Makes it more strategic, makes it more yeah. um, customized to Correct. you. And then we can work a little bit more deeply in that way. However, it's, it's, if it's your first rodeo um, with an Ayurvedic cleanse, you're welcome to just try it on your own as a trial to mm. see, see even if you like it, you know, to see yeah. if it's a good match for you. So yeah. I welcome people to try it either way. Yeah. So just going touching back on that, um, you know, so if someone's been diagnosed, uh, you know, for, you know, with breast cancer, so do you find that, is there something that you could do? Like they've just been diagnosed like I was like, I, okay. So I always say disclaimer, I didn't do chemo. I didn't do radiation. I chose to go down the holistic path, but that was my, uh, you know, diagnosis. I worked very, very close with my doctors. So I always say that to people. Uh, my doctors were right beside me. They knew everything I was I was doing. Um, but, you know, someone who's doing chemo or someone who's have to do radiation, is there something that they can do with Ayurveda to start them on that journey? Oh, absolutely. Or, yeah, absolutely. So they might not be in the place of doing a cleanse, Correct. but there are still um, plenty of practices um, to try as they're going through treatment. These are things that are nourishing to the body mm -hmm. and to the mind yes. and, and spirit. So we need grounding yeah. practices for mm -hmm. you practices that are going to feel help you feel stronger um you know so that means also thinking about a diet that's very mm. personal and strategic mm -hmm. for you mm -hmm. so you're eating um the appropriate foods for you um you know so working on digestion so that digestion is really good and strong Mm -hmm. um, for whatever it is that, that you're taking on. So that's another really important concept is to have the strong digestive fire, um, to lead us through, um, yeah. to get us through and to draw those nutrients that we need from our food. So yes. one thing that, you know, happens, um, is, you know, we can lose our appetite, um, Correct. with some treatments. Right. And so keeping the yeah. appetite strong can be a challenge and that can be a, a wonderful practice in of itself, just learning yeah. how to maintain strength in your digestion. So you're getting really good nutrition yeah. from your food. Yeah. So there's lots of really wonderful ways you can work with Ayurveda to support you during treatment. And I would also say to your point that Ayurveda and allopathic medicine are wonderful Correct. Um, together. Yes. I was going to say that. Yeah. 
for if yeah. you have a diagnosis, mm. certainly, and to, you know, gather your team. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, you need, you want your pro team of people who are going to get you on the Western allopathic Correct. side, yep. you know, gather your team that's helping you on the holistic mm -hmm. side. Maybe mm -hmm. it's acupuncture, maybe it's Ayurveda or acupressure or yoga, but like, mm -hmm. you know, gather your team so that you feel supported. And this is important so that you feel grounded yeah. and supported in your journey so don't think that it's a one or the other correct in the journey if anything holistic um medicine and allopathic medicine work really well here and i would mm -hmm. say that is probably true for a lot of um you know major diagnoses like absolutely like cancer, is that yep. it can be a beautiful relationship and to get that relation uh that conversation going and i always mm -hmm. tell my clients to make sure that everyone on your team, we have total transparency. So Correct. we know who is doing what, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you are really the center um, of our care. Absolutely. And it's really important because a lot of people are, are like my father was uh, diagnosed 12 months ago with um, amyloidosis. And, um, and he, you know, I remember reaching out to an Ayurveda doctor and he was he knew the words straight away and he said yep I know exactly what he needs to do and I was really looking forward to my father seeing him but then my father's like oh no I don't want to change my medicines I don't want to change my doctor and I'm like it has nothing to do with that you are going to be working together whatever tablets if you're taking 15 tablets a day you will continue to take 15 tablets a day I said to him the thing is you're working together and I always specify that because I actually have high blood pressure and I went to Ayurveda and um well, when I say high blood pressure, I'm very on the, I'm on the, the line, you know, so my tablet's very minimal. But, you know, I remember going there thinking, uh-oh, do I have to get rid of this? And they're like, oh, hell no, you keep taking what you're taking. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And, and a lot of people think like exactly what you just said. Oh, if I'm doing this, therefore, you know, they're going to stop me and tell me that I shouldn't do it. No, it's not about that. And and I always say to people, I'm not, I've never spoken, I've, I've never said never, ever, ever. And I would never in my life tell someone whether to go through a, a, a holistic path or a Western medicine path, whether to do chemo, radiation or not. It's not my call. Um, but I always say, just keep it an open mind because exactly what you said was the point I was trying to make to people. You you are getting depleted. We all know you. it's not rocket science. Chemo depletes you. But in the meantime, get something that nourishes your body help rebuild that part we know it's you don't have to be a doctor to understand that the chemo depletes you so why not join the two hand in hand or radiation like you said and join the two and understand that what you're doing is you're healing yourself from every angle and it's not just physically it's spiritually it's psychologically you know so and i think it's really really important and you know, I, I think that a lot of listeners and, and, I, and I, look, I can talk about this because I, you know what I mean? For me, it's like, just go do Ayurveda. Don't try anything else. So, you know, I could be biased. <laughs> but for me, it's because I, 
I know how much it healed me. So I really want our viewers and our listeners to actually follow you. Go to your website, www.herwellbeing.com, or she's on Instagram. Heather's on Instagram, herwellbeing underscore Ayurveda underscore yoga, or Facebook, herwellbeing Ayurveda and yoga. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss before we wrap this up? I, this was a great conversation, Grace. I'm sure it'll continue, maybe just you and I, but I think I think Absolutely. this was great, really great. Thank you. No, I thank you again. Uh, I was super excited when I, I heard that you work with Ayurveda. I really was because, like I said, I could talk about it till the cows come home. But it was my point of view from the, you know, I'm, I'm from the patient or whatever you want to call a point of view. So, you know, I could I could turn around and say that, you know, berries are the best thing out there. But if I don't have the science behind it, it doesn't matter what I say. Um, so I really, really appreciate your time. And I appreciate that. Guys, reach out to Heather. Do, you know, reach out. I'm sure she can answer any questions you might have. Um, I know that I'll be definitely, um, you know, looking into this because this is something that I'm wanting to do for so long. And maybe, it's time, you know what I mean? So that might have been my calling. So I don't believe it's just, I think it's coincidental. I think it was meant to be. It's destiny that we were meant to come together. So um, now the thing is, if you also want to learn more, Heather's also got a spring sessional cleanse and um, that starts on March 1st. So make sure you get onto that wish wait list because if not, you're going to miss out. You don't want to do that. So again, Heather, thank you so much for being on my podcast today and I can't wait to connect with you in the future and for everyone else. Uh, yeah. So is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Just thank you. And yes, if anyone wants to check out the cleanse, they can go to my website, herwellbeing.com. They can learn more about it there and they can send me a message or even set up a free phone call if you just want to chat and talk about what are the options for you. So you can do that all at my website. And I look, I look forward to, to, um, connecting. Yeah. Thank you again. Thank you. And thanks everyone for tuning in. And like always, I wish you so much love and light. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you could have chosen any other show to spend your time with today. And I'm really grateful and humble that you've chosen me instead. And I hope I've been able to serve you in any way. You know, I hope this will become your go-to place to help you heal, feel supported and discover yourself along your hero's journey. And if this episode helped you today, Please subscribe and share it with someone you know that would benefit from this. As I've learned about my hero's journey through breast cancer, nothing we receive is for us to keep but to be shared. And I hope I can serve you further by sharing some of the tools I've learned along the way. And it's hard for me to share it all in one simple episode. So if you go to www.theangelsofgrace.me forward slash resources right now, you can find a collection of tools that might be exactly what you need to take you on your hero's journey. And given that I don't know if you're listening to this podcast at the start, the middle or the end of the day, I want to wish you an amazing morning, an amazing afternoon or an amazing evening. I am Grace DeAngeli and you listen to the Breast Cancer Hero's Journey podcast. Thanks again for being here. Much love and light.